Hello, friends. It is the Everything is Marketing podcast. My name is Eric Hulkerin, and today on the show, it is an absolute blast. You will dig this as Myron Stanley and Andy Olson go at it talking about the creative process. Uh, one of them is a designer, the other a videographer, and they walk through their processes of creating art for clients, creating creative, if you will. I had an absolute blast listening to them talk, and I hope you enjoy it too. This is is the Everything is Marketing Podcast. Marketers ruin everything. Welcome to the Everything is Marketing Podcast. What I don't want to do is to pretend this is show number one. What would the hero of your life's movie do right now? Do that. Do those things. So, Myron, I wanted to have a chat with you about the creative process. And um, me being a graphic designer... Um, and you being a videographer, I was just kind of curious about like the differences in what the creative process is for you from start to finish. And so uh, one of the things I've been really interested in is the fact that you not only have to deal with composition, but you have to deal with movement as well. And so what, what sort of curveballs does that throw um, when you have to deal with movement and timeline, um, when you're dealing with the creative process. Wow. Um, <laughs> uh, that's, that's, that's an interesting way to put it. Uh, most people don't even realize that they just think, you know, you just think of shot, do it. Don't worry about the motion in the shot or where things are going. But, um, especially nowadays, if you're trying to make something far more dynamic than, you know, a single, you know, a single you know, still shot, you want movement in your scenes. So yeah, I think about that quite a bit. Um, yeah, you think about the composition of the shot, you think about, <clears throat> think about whether or not there's gonna be text overlay, you think about, you think about graphic design, you think about, you know, uh, where would you lay the text, mm -hmm. and, but you also, like you just mentioned, you think about that motion of where they're going and where they're leading could also be where you want the text to be and things like that, so. Yeah, like where their eye is going? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So you think about, I think about a lot of that stuff. Um, I, I also think, and I mentioned it before we actually started talking mm -hmm. uh, on mic, that uh, I think our creative process is probably very similar in that, you know, I look at still photography. I look at, you know, ad design. I look at a lot of print things to get ideas for <laughs> video yeah. things as well as video things to get ideas for video things. Um, and uh, so, I mean, a lot of things influence me and what I do. Uh, we talked a little bit ago about uh, you were you were reading um, the Dark Knight Returns, yeah, yeah, and uh, comic books and comic book staging and things like that, and vis the visuals, so stuff like that. You know, comic books are obviously just a big storyboard, so you think about how to design shots that way as well. So there's a, there's a quite a few things that that go into it. So when you're coming up uh, with the concept for a video, um, do you have a specific idea in mind for we're going to have this shot and then it's going to cut to this shot or um, do you kind of try to get coverage while you're shooting and then let the pieces fall into place later? All of that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, with the variety of stuff that we do, I mean, a lot of things are you're more straightforward interviews and get, get B-roll. Mm -hmm. And if you get the interviews first, you're thinking about what they said, so you're trying to capture things that play to what the person said. Mm -hmm. um, if it's more of a narrative-driven thing, then you may have storyboarded out. You may be thinking shot to shot to shot according to that story that's written out already according to that script. 
so you so I think about those things um but at the same time it's like I don't know a lot of it and this is gonna sound weird to say but a lot of it's very intuitive it's just you when as far as the script goes as far as the interview goes you can almost feel like you start to picture in your head you start to edit because I shoot and edit so you start to pick out things in your mind already you're already pre-editing during an interview you're already editing when you're writing script you're already thinking of shots you're it's all like yeah. all coming together all almost all at the same time yeah um sometimes you think of the shot influence the writing you think oh that'd be a good shot i need to write something to get that shot so it just all kind of flows together in one big thing um <clears throat> other times uh you're given a script it's not you're not it's not written by you then you have to like really consider like what you're trying to say and <clears throat> we talked like a second ago we talked about the motion and things like that you have to think about you know does this fit better with you know things being very still and what are you trying to convey and you know too much motion maybe you know contradictory to the script that you you know that you have to produce a lot of those things come into play a lot of those things are have to be considered but yeah it is I, like i said it sounds weird to say but for me, like a lot of it's automatic. It's just it's turning on a switch. Yeah. It's when we're having conversations about video, I'm already picturing it in my head. I'm already picturing the edits. I'm already picturing the shots. And I mean, you know, a lot of it's to be honest, a lot of it is cliche. A lot of it's like, oh, we got to do um, a video of nine students talking about the school. You automatically think single shot, middle backdrop. You know, maybe do some type of ring light to get the like, ring light <laughs> reflection in their yeah. eyes. And, and everybody's done that. So it's like, you, it's like okay, okay, pull back, pull back, pull back. Mm -hmm. So like, that's the instantaneous. Then it's like, nah, you don't want to do that. So, <laughs> but maybe you do. Maybe that's exactly what the client wants. They want that thing that looks like it was shot, you know, the way ESPN did it or the way somebody else did it. So then, and they're, they're immediately, they immediately latch on to that and maybe send you an example of that. And like, you thought of that. Sometimes you're like, eh. Yeah. <laughs> I, that was my initial thought too, but can we go? Another, I, now I've seen it another way. That was my initial thought. Now I've seen it another way. Yeah. So, and, it, and all that flows quick. It's just, it's like rapid fire. It's like, okay, that's one idea. Here's another idea. Here's another idea. Here's another idea. So then you, you know, you go back to your desk after a conversation, try to, <laughs> try to piece weed it all. through all that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, it is really interesting that, um, I, I came into this interview think, thinking, you know, I'm going to try to find, you know, the vast differences between, um, what you do and what I do. Mm -hmm. And, you know, even though you're working with, with motion and with timeline, there is like that similarity in the mm -hmm. creative process. Right. You know, sometimes it, um, sometimes a project will be born, you know, because, you know, you have a, you have a specific idea in your mind's eye of how everything should look. Right. And then sometimes it kind of falls into place as, as mm -hmm. you build it. Absolutely. Yeah. It's kind of like the difference between a, a, a woodworker building a, a table and a, a a kid playing with Legos, right. you know, like with, with a woodworker. I'm not saying that like, you know, one, one process is more refined or than mm -hmm. the other, but like with a woodworker building a table, normally, you know, he has that specific idea in mind of 
what he wants it to look like at the right. end and what every piece should look like. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times, you know, with a kid playing with Legos, he may end up building something really cool at the end. Right. But he's kind of, you know, just going piece by piece and mm-hmm. figuring out, okay, well, I think this piece will work. Exactly. So I'm going to throw that in yeah. and then, you know, keep going from there. Yeah, to your point about the woodworker, you, I mean, you have to go in with some kind of plan. Yeah. I mean, you know, <laughs> if you want if, if to have a decent product at the end, I mean, you're not just sitting there whittling for whittling's sake. Yeah. So, <laughs> so you're going to have to go in with some kind of plan. But at the same time, happy accidents happen. Uh, other things like, oh, I messed up. And, you know, I made a notch here. You go, oh, wait a minute. That notch looks really nice. Maybe I just continue that notch, you know, around this edge and stuff like that. Oh. So absolutely, like, <clears throat> yeah, when you're working on something and you're putting stuff together, you have everything in mind, and then all of a sudden it's like, wait, if I pull out this or if I add this, it will be that much better. So it's all fluid. Yeah. <laughs> as much as we try to go in and do things according to A, B, and C, you know, it's sometimes it's A1, you know, and B2, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. So uh, another question that I was thinking about is um, y- you mentioned that you do look at, you know, like photography blogs, something that's um, related to but kind of outside of, uh, of your job description, kind of kind of outside of your job right. description here. Um, are there any other like places where you find inspiration that are kind of outside of the box um, that help inform what you do when you're uh, when you're crafting a story or or video? Yes, uh, speaking to f- photography for a second, uh, I actually, even though I studied, uh, I had media and video camera classes prior to taking photography. I truly learned composition by taking photography. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until then that I re- it really clicked, taking a still photo as opposed to a, something in motion. Because uh, especially then, especially when I was younger, I had a tendency, I wanted everything to be in motion. The camera, the people, I didn't want anything to sit still. And with that, I kind of fudge on composition because everything's moving. But it wasn't until like, you had to sit still, like have a person or something just stay there. And then you had to figure out how to make that pretty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> within the framework of the shot, everything yeah. within that frame has to look good. It wasn't until then that I really like, oh my goodness, that's and that was so informative. Even to when things are moving, sitting a person, you know, on the far right edge, and still having like the va- the you know the vastness of everything else around them is a far more interesting composition than putting that person in the middle and then like cropping it and, and making it <laughs> looking weird. So yeah, and also that still you know when you're taking a photo that still image still has to still uh, to tell a story right exactly you know um through the composition and through mm-hmm. the, the content within it right um, that's i i could imagine that that is definitely a, a useful tool to have in your arsenal um to then start you know thinking about composition with video right no absolutely it, it absolutely was and the same with um the same with uh, design, graphic design, and text layout. It's like, um, you say outside of that, this is kind of within that. But just <laughs> watching television and watching graphics on television, just how people treat graphics also informs how, not only how I treat graphics, but how I treat video in general. Um, a thing that's completely outside of it that people wouldn't really think about is um, action figures. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, composing action figure compositions, uh, actually. 
uh, it's very helpful to me to like try to figure out things like that. Uh, I have a large advance <laughs> action figure collection. And, um, yeah, you, you know, and, I'm, and if I'm looking at something, sometimes I will see a shot when I'm just looking at an action figure. Okay. And I will, like, literally, you know, people put their hands up and, like, get into, like, a form of, like, a square or oh, yeah, a rectangle. Yeah, kind of frame it up. Yeah, and they frame it up. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, if I take an action figure, you can do the same thing. And I, like, that's the person in, <laughs> in yeah. frame without the people there. If you don't have the people there, it's like you frame it up with the action figure. Like, that's how, the, how would that Mm-hmm. How how would that work? So yeah, that's that's kind of cool. That um, you know, for for me when I when I'm in that stage of kind of discovery or um, conceptualizing, I, I normally start with a, a sketchbook, mm, okay. and um, you know those action figures kind of are you know kind of an equivalent a little bit, right? Um, is there anything else that you do? Uh, do you ever sketch, or do you ever start writing down notes when you're um, when you're starting to uh, conceptualize things? Yeah, I do. Um, I do thumbnail storyboards occasionally. It's not a lot, but I do it sometimes, especially especially if you want to go in with a plan. Then I may like thumbnail storyboard the whole thing because in some cases, you know, you only have that one day, and you have to get everything. And it's like I don't want to not miss a shot. So, like, I have to do that beforehand. I have to make sure, and I will checklist, like, and uh, some shots I will, if I do it like that, or if I write out, get a shot of this, get a shot of that, I'll either text, write it as a text to myself, or um, write it right next to the to the thumbnail sketch. Cool. So. That's awesome. Um, are there any, uh, are there any people that are in your life, um, whether they're famous directors or... Um, or anything like that that, uh, you know, have been a creative inspiration for you over the years? Wow. <laughs> that's, a, that's a very large question. Off the top of my head, Scorsese. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Edgar Wright, um, his cutting is, is crazy. Uh, Coppola, and granted, you know, when you're doing <laughs> smaller videos about like local things one might not think of Francis Ford Coppola but yeah. I do <laughs> uh, Frank Miller we just talked we talked about Frank Miller and Dark Knight Frank Miller influenced on quite a bit of my work for a long time yeah um, the way he did panels and his writing mm-hmm. like um, from from the Dark Knight Returns to Sin City 300 so many things um, let's see and it was interesting that Frank Miller, um, he kind of spans a little bit of your world and my world because mm-hmm. a lot of his comics, um, you know, started, you know, getting turned into movies. Right. And uh, he was a very, very, like, big influence in the visuals. Right. With, with the movies. Absolutely. Well. And, that's, and, that's, and that's the thing about, uh, we're talking about influences, uh, I wouldn't necessarily call him influence, but I really like his work, uh, Robert Rodriguez. Oh yeah, and you talk about, we talk about Frank Miller. We talk about um, the inspiration of visuals he did. What two Sin Cities? Mm-hmm. And and that's and that's the thing of like you appreciate Robert Rodriguez's work. You appreciate Frank Miller's work. If Robert Rodriguez is going to adapt Frank Miller, you want to see Robert Rodriguez's Sin City. Mm-hmm. As much as I love Frank Miller's Sin City, I have the books. Mm-hmm. I really want to see Robert Rodriguez in Sin City, but we got kind of a 
mishmash of Frank Miller's Sin City yeah. in live action. Yeah. And it to me it was like, I've seen this. I've seen this. <laughs> yeah. I've already seen this. This is and I as much as I I, I love the movie, I was just like this is exactly from the page, and I w- didn't want to see exactly yeah. from the page, so it was weird. And that's interesting. That kind of brings us back to a little bit to the creative process, because uh, whatever story you're telling, mm-hmm. you know, or or I'm telling, you know, with a design, we are we are visually interpreting mm-hmm. someone else's story, right? And so, you know, we one have a little bit of responsibility to tell a true story and to capture the the essence of it but also there's always going to be that little bit mm-hmm. um you know of us in whatever we're making right um how do you govern you know how much of your style is in uh a client's work um when you know maybe your style might conflict with what the, the client needs right I think that part is fairly easy mm-hmm. um, you're trying to service the message not so much your <laughs> your yeah. ego so so I mean where it gets difficult obviously if even though you're both trying to service the message how you think the message should be served clash mm-hmm. where it's like you know visually you might think this is more interesting but one may feel we need to see this though we need to see this but it's like and as a storyteller you're like this tells the story better this gets your message across but it's like but we're selling this product (laughs) so we need to see the product bigger you know and so that's where the conflict kind of happens but yeah controlling Uh, the ego right i think is the the best place to start Mm -hmm. um there are some times when um you know maybe something is so outside of my style or my strengths mm-hmm. that um, collaboration might right. uh, be a good solution, you know, bringing another creative in or just mm-hmm. getting someone else's mind in there. Right. Um, but, yeah, that's that's pretty cool. No, absolutely. Like, and there are times when you just realize, when you just realize as you're the, you know, you're the person assigned to do this job. Like, let's say you're, you're the graphic designer. I'm assigned to do the video. We're both on the same project. You're doing, let's say you're doing print or web, and I'm doing a video. And so, <clears throat> but it's for something that neither one of us know anything about. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, I, I know how to make a decent video, but I do not know how to service this message. I need someone that is actually familiar with this to help me get that, get what's important here. Um, I can think of an example from here. Um, have you ever seen that um, 3D imaging of, of unborn children? Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's sort of, it's, it's like the, the new, better ultrasound. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's like, so it takes like a 3D, 3D shot of the child inside the womb. Now, to me, <laughs> when I first saw this, it just looked like lumps of clay. Mm-hmm. And I was not impressed with this technology. Now, this was years ago. I think it's gotten better. <laughs> I hope so. But the women in the room loved it. And I was like, oh, this is not for me. <laughs> I was like, this is, I, I was like, what, what, what is this? What you, why, why, would you, why would you give this somebody a picture of somebody of that? You know, like, <laughs> but like I said, the women in the room loved it. And I was like, oh, well, you guys tell me 
what you like about this, what's wonderful about this, because I didn't get it. Mm-hmm. I just saw I just saw lumps of clay. Yeah, it's it's not it's not for me, but I, I I'm understanding that it's important. Mm-hmm. So you want to respect that, right? That's that's really interesting. All right, Myron, thanks for your time. This was actually really inspiring and and interesting getting to talk to you and um, see the differences and also the similarities. Um, so. Um, thanks for coming yeah it was my pleasure it was a wonderful conversation thank you yeah all right we'll catch you guys next time